Tom Bernard Show with Hackmaster, Ralph David Basham, MD. Josh, smash him, bash him. Andy Brant Bernard. You mean smashed Basham? <laughs> <laughs> We're teasing Josh about booze and he doesn't. You don't even drink that much, do you? No, not too much, no. Weekends. Lies. Okay, whatever. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show. <laughs> Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Join us every Thursday at 2 o'clock Central for our newest podcast, Car Selling Secrets. It'll be co-hosted by me, Tom Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal from Walzer Automotive Group. We'll be talking about lots of stuff relating to how dealership sales actually work, as well as the latest product updates from nearly every make sold in the USA. If you have questions for the podcast, either email Doug at Walzer.com or call the studio live at 952-800-1492. And bum 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 bum. Is that the that's the bumper music, isn't it? Well, the clock isn't working, so hopefully you start at a clock. What the hell? Start it right as we speak. I'll give it a whirl. Is it on? Jude, Jude's just sitting here staring at me. Oh, he's doing. Why would you unplug it, Andy? Way to go! It's your fault. Jesus. Okay, let me know when you're going to start, and I'll start mine. All right. Now. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to go the whole thing. I think 15. whoever comes in here to, like, well, I mean, clean? obviously it's not being why cleaned. Why does anyone so come in there? I don't know well, what the hell's going why are, on. Why is anybody going in there? That's a very good question. Don't you have janitorial services? You probably doesn't, should. Doesn't look like it. <laughs> That's right. Doesn't why look don't like we? Well, maybe know. we should tee that up by just, just a thought. That's fine. It is just a thought, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. So we'll just keep moving forward. You know what I'm saying, right? Keep at it, chipping away, just pushing that stone up the hill, pushing the stone oh, up the hill all do. the time. Oh, shoulder to the wheel. That's it. <laughs> that's right. Tom Sisyphus Josh. Bernard. Yeah, that's exactly right. Sisyphus pushing that rock up the hill, man. Let's go. Let's get all over it. Um, since the obituary has now been posted, I want to read something to you. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, obviously, but um, uh, one of my best friends in the world, Kendall Norbert. You've heard me talk about Kendall for years and years. Kendall is about as close to to uh, being the best friend a person could ever have. He's a big, strong guy. He's committed to his friends and his family. He works like a madman. He's you know, he's all the stuff. Well, unfortunately, I've been talking about this for the last couple of days because on Friday afternoon his daughter died. 22 years old, uh, and I'm just going to read the obituary, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be freewheeling on this deal. Uh, Allison P. Norberg, Allison Page Norberg, age 22, passed away on February 15, 2019, of an accidental overdose after a long, brave battle with addiction. Allison is survived by her parents, Nancy and Kendall. Um, it's pretty impressive. Allison would never want to be defined by her addiction. She was so much more than that. For those fortunate enough to see Allison through her childhood, I've known Allison since she was a little girl, since she was born, basically. Uh, anyway, um, 
For those fortunate enough to see Allison through her childhood and during her sober periods, they immediately recognized her as a fun, affectionate, and lighthearted soul who would drop anything to be there for others. She loved her family deeply and always lit up the room with her smile and sense of humor. I just wanted to do a tip of the cap. And uh, as I said in, uh, in my note to the family, that Allison will always be in my heart and on my mind, no doubt about it. I just It's so sad. It is, it is uh, one of the worst tragedies a parent could... Uh have and you're like you said kendall i you know kendall's an acquaintance he's but he's a wonderful wonderful person and uh mm-hmm. you know any fa- any parent who has to go through this is horrible my mother always said i don't know what i would be- do if i lost you and i go oh man thanks for the res- thanks for putting some <laughs> responsibility yeah. on me and your mom was the same way tom you're no different no different no that's absolutely true I just, uh, and I didn't, I am not even arguing with people about this anymore, but somebody brought up that whole, uh, you know, the southern border thing to me. And I said, you know, now's not the time to talk to me about the southern border, man. Oh, because of the drugs? What I understand from, yeah, Yeah. from law enforcement and all the rest of it, almost all of the drugs entering this company come from Russia and other sources through Mexico into the United States. Well, yeah, we don't grow a whole lot of heroin here. Right, or exactly. Opium poppies, but you know. So here's the deal. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to think about politics. But right now is not the time to talk to me about mm. where the drugs come from. You know what I mean? No. And then people adding things to drugs, like you know, if you're doing some certain drug and they put a little fentanyl in it, you're going to die. That's so right. Where That's are just they, how it is. How is fentanyl so easy to get is the question. I don't know. Do- doctor. Oh, it's all synthetic? You can just make yeah, it out yeah, or whatever? Yeah. Fentanyl's a synthetic uh, opioid, and you just, they're just making it. So they have these factories that are set up. They're making the, they're making the fentanyl, and then it's just they're just shipping it. It's not like they're getting a pharmacologic fentanyl from mm, the manufacturer. No, they, get, right, they, they set right. up a plant. They, and, and to set up a plant is not that difficult, particularly with the returns that they get from the, the yeah, narcotics. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the capital investment is not great, and the uh, return on investment is great as well. But why are they adding it? That's, that's because, because it's cheaper. And you get more oh, of a, really? a head rush in that you get it crosses the blood-brain barrier quicker, oh. and it takes effect quicker, and it's more powerful. So oh. you, put, you can put a little bit in the heroin, mm-hmm. and the heroin goes a little bit further. But the problem is, is it suppresses your ability to breathe. You stop breathing, you yes. turn blue, your heart stops, you die. Done. That's why, I mean, you know, I'm trying to inject logic into heroin addiction, but I would think that if you're a heroin addict, you should at least just have a shot of Narcan handy, just just in case. But Absolutely. Yeah, I guess. But when you take it, you immediately go into withdrawal. Yeah, but it's better than being dead. But not to them. That's Mm, that's the sad thing. Yeah, I suppose if you're so deep into the addiction, then you'd rather, Yeah. yeah. Is Narcan over the counter? Is that something that you that they could just go buy? I think if you or? go to an addiction, like a rehab, well, not a rehab clinic, but you know, one of those addiction centers, and just say, okay. I think I think you might be able to get it if you, you might say, right. I'm a heroin addict and I don't want to die. You know, well, a little compassion. Yeah, yeah. give it to real. him. Yeah, really. I mean, it's well, not like you can abuse it, so why not? Yeah, that's very true. So here's the deal. I just uh, wanted to, you know, everybody know that situation because I've been talking about it since Monday. Well, yesterday. I've been talking about it all weekend, but on the mm-hmm. air uh, since yesterday. And it's very clear now. Matter of fact, one of the uh, one of the postings from Carrie N. I don't know you nor your daughter, but my son struggles with heroin addiction, and I feel your sadness. I hope you find peace and comfort, and I hope Allison can rest peacefully without her demons. Uh, uh, it's an interesting way to put it, but... I talked to a couple of drug counselors about this, very, very uh, smart people. And they said with some people, especially young people, and by the way, overdoses from heroin and other drugs start, they, well, they don't start there, but uh, they count them after you're 11 years old. Did you know that? Mm. 700,000 people died uh, of an overdose in the last 18 years, starting at 11 years old and going on up. That wow. is just amazing to me. That Isn't that amazing? Nuts. Yeah. It really is. But here's what they both told me. He, they said, I said, so what's the deal? They said, it depends on how old you are because your brain's not fully formed until you're mid to late 20s. So it all depends. But with some people, it doesn't matter how old they are, men, women, doesn't really matter. With some people, the first time you do it, 
you're done because it makes you feel so good you cannot even if you fight and fight and fight and fight some people's brains are wired they're it's just going to happen so it's not a situation where like i'm going out of my way to to kill myself or anything like that some people not everybody some people can kick you know these drugs but with some people the the first time they do it especially fentanyl i guess is that right Doc? Yeah. Well, so Fentanyl is really tough the first time. Cocaine's that way. You know, and all the drugs that yeah, we right, are exposed right. to, whether it's nicotine, whether it's alcohol, whether it's fentanyl, whether it's narcotic, whether it's cocaine, whether it's crack cocaine, all those have a certain percentage of people that when they try it once, hey, mm-hmm. love it, I'm getting more of that. Then there's another mm-hmm. group of people, right, they right. try and say, man, this is a, this is a waste of effort. I, I know two physicians, two physicians, a cardiac surgeon and an ER physician, who cannot mm-hmm. stop smoking cigarettes because they are addicted oh, yeah. so much. Yeah. And these guys are well, big-time smokers, big-time chainers. Well, this is a fact. I, I smoked from the time I was 11 years old to 21. I smoked old gold. <laughs> <laughs> filtered or unfiltered? I filtered. And then I moved on to cool milds because I am from the north side. So you're going to move on That's to right, cool. That's right, from the neighborhood. I, I went in a store one time, honest to God. <laughs> And, and uh, I asked for old golds, and the guy goes, we ain't got no old golds. I said, what? He goes, we don't have old gold. We got cools. <laughs> I said, what? He goes, yeah, we got, we got cools and cool miles, and we got cool 100s, too. <laughs> He's pushing a, pushing a certain brand, are we? But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I smoked from the time I was 11 to 21, and then I quit. And I've never picked up another cigarette in my life, but I still have that hand-to-mouth thing like there's no tomorrow. Really? I constantly have to put my hands up to my mouth. That's why you see me drinking so many sodas. and whatever. I, I can't stop myself from putting my hand up to my mouth. Well, thank God Isn't that amazing? Yeah, thank God you didn't start with a toothpick or like a matchstick. That's a little... That's a little... <laughs> well, that's true. Well, and they said basically the reason that is is because I did it so young, uh, from 11 years old, by coincidence, that I didn't go, well, everybody else is starting at 11. I started at 11. And as your brain is forming, yeah. the formation of my brain included, you need to put your hand up to your mouth to feel better. Wow. Well, while your That's brain is developing at that age, it's, I mean, it's making literal physical, structural, you know, That's connections correct. in there. And, yep. you know, it, once it stops exactly being right. so neuroplastic, you know, you can't do anything about it. Indeed, Although I have I a just... feeling that's going to be the next frontier of psychological like medicine is going to be induced neuroplasticity so. yeah huh so you just you find out what part of the brain does that you go in and you you induce a state that's like when you're developing and then mm-hmm. um you just you know you do whatever the opposite of the thing that you think you need to do is and yeah huh. yep. maybe Oh, that'd be great. Then you can learn a language in two minutes. Well, (laughs) that's that's pretty true. There you go. Tom, what made you start smoking? Was it uh, your friends or everybody else in my neighborhood did? Yeah, it was friends. All my friends. Well, my friends were generally older than me. I think Andy Fisher and Tommy O'Brien were the only two that were younger than me. The rest of them were all older, and some of them were two to three years older than me. So by the time I was 11, they were 13 or 14. And, you know, everybody in junior high smoked back then. They just did. Wow. We should probably acknowledge Kristen. Kristen, before she... Uh, oh, is Kristen on? Oh, God, I'm sorry, Kristen. Thanks, we uh, forgot about her. <laughs> I just assumed you'd Hi. be in mourning over Carl Lagerfeld. You're not in mourning over Carl Lagerfeld? 85 is a good life. It's not bad. That is. That is true. I will That's tell you good. something, Kristen. This is, a, this is so wonderful. I had Carl Lagerfeld on the show a few times back, I mean, this is a couple of decades ago. He would come on once in a while. What a smart-ass that guy was. It was and I loved it. He had the best just come on. Snarky, snarky quote. Best. He, he did. Best he was it. always he snarky. everybody. He was always very <laughs> snarky, and I loved that about him, actually, to tell you the truth. But I, uh, I don't know. It, it's a situation where... Um, you know, you see it, and you've talked to him a few times. It's not like I knew him. He didn't know me or anything, but I talked to him a few times, and it just, you have that connection. I remembered immediately. It's like, what a smart ass he was. It was just phenomenal. <laughs> it was great. And I had a Lagerfeld jacket that I just loved. Man, I loved that, that jacket. About 30 years ago, I had a Lagerfeld jacket, and it was it was Aren't one of my favorites fancy? of all. Time. I love it. Well, we need just a photo you of you and your Lagerfeld jacket. And I would be 30 years younger. So that'd be good. 
It's a good picture. I will tell you one thing. If you if you ever see a picture of me from 30 years ago, if I don't have a, a nasty smirk on my face, it's not a real picture of me. If there's some guy smiling, Photoshop. it's not really me. It's Photoshop. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's Photoshop. That's what Melissa says about me. She says I smirk. I don't smile. You do. Well, you do. You smirk. I don't do it on purpose. That means it's genetic. Well, no, I don't either. Mm. It is genetic. Or it's learned. I th- or, yeah, you never know. Well... I would, my guess would be, Kristen and everyone else, that smirk that Andy has came from me, and I got it from my Uncle Augie. And I should mention, my Uncle Augie was thrown off a building and murdered, so I maybe shouldn't smirk as much as I do. There's <laughs> a possibility. I don't want to take the plunge like Augie did, man. He was one of my favorite people in That's the world. That's a horrible story. <laughs> well, but it's true. But it's true. Three of my uncles were murdered, as a matter of fact. And you wouldn't, and you, by listening to me, how even keel I am, just what a great sweetheart I am, you'd really be confused of why that would happen. <laughs> you're, the, you're the archetype of stability, Tom. Archetype. Andy, are you are you editing the episodes today? Uh, no, I'm sending them to Cassie. Oh, okay. Well, good. So, so she can cut this word off. Well, I still write story. them down, so don't worry about that. Okay, write it down. Write this down. Uh, when I was seven years old, it was my birthday, and my uncle Augie came over. And he said, hey, Tommy, what time is it? I said, I don't know, Uncle Augie. I don't have a watch. I said, I'll call time. It was Federal 5-9000, You call time and temp, right? So I called, and he said, whatever, it's 1145. And I said, thank you, and hung up. And he goes, what are you doing? This is my Uncle Augie. He goes, what are you doing? I said, I just called. It's, it's, it's 1145. He goes, yeah, I know. I heard you. Why would you say thank you? I said, well, the woman told me the time. He said, it's recording. Tell her to go fuck herself. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really nice. To a seven-year-old kid, gee, thanks, Uncle Augie. <laughs> what a life I've had, huh? Okay. But he was a very tall, very handsome guy who had a car and a driver, but he never had a job. Gee, I wonder how that Ooh. worked. And then he was thrown off a building. Gee, I wonder why that happened. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, yeah, it was, uh, it was an, my, my mother's family literally was half cops and half not, not cops. cops if you know that. <laughs> half not cops. Yeah, exactly. And, and I guess that's very common. It's really common. I won't mention who it is, but the police chief of a major metropolitan area was a really good friend of mine. He's a police chief. His brother could not stay out of prison. Isn't that amazing? Man. You're either a cop, but, but they say the, the, the way that, that perpetrators think and the way that cops think is almost identical, I guess. One upholds a law and one uses it to break the law, but they think the same way, Man. which makes sense, right? Yeah. We got to take a break. Be right back. Kristen, I got a couple of things I want to talk to you about, and we'll be right back with everybody. Tom Bernard Show. Yeah. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this Super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Tom here. Over the years, you've heard me go on and on about my eyes and how great I've been treated by the folks over at Whiting Clinic. Well, it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States and the trusted LASIK provider around these parts. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts that they are, they want to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. For a limited time, mention my name and receive an additional $300 off your LASIK. That's $300 off Whiting Clinic's already low price for LASIK. Trust your eyes to Twin Cities LASIK experts. 
Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020 and don't forget to tell them Tom sent you. Offer expires March 31st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers. There, we got bumper music. I'll just do it. I'll do the bumper music today. What do you think? Okay. Okay, that was enthusiasm right there. <laughs> Lots of enthusiasm right there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, great guests on the show this week. Kristen Bird, of course. She's not a guest, though. She's a hard-working devil. So, you know, can't. <laughs> Kristen's not a guest. She's part of the show. But uh, Brian Tui, the fix is still in. Corruption and conspiracies in the pro sports leagues. They don't want you to know about them. Brian will be with us in the second hour today. Mario Van Peebles on the show tomorrow. I love Mario. You guys know who Mario Van Peebles no, is, right? No. Oh, he's a great actor. You'd know him if you saw him. Mario's oh, a yeah. great actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know him, right? No question about it. King's X guitarist Ty Tabor uh, will be with us tomorrow as well. And then Doug Sprinthal comes in on Thursday. But uh, I will not be on on Thursday nor Friday. A lot of great guests coming up. Uh, I will tell you that flat out that they... Uh, on Thursday, you got Doug Sprinthal, and you got uh, all kinds of people. And then this, I, I'm kind of sad about this because both of the comedians on on Friday, I will not be on uh, on Friday. But uh, Jimmy Schubert is at the House of Comedy. I love Jimmy Schubert. The last time he was in studio, again he'll be at the House of Comedy, and then at Acme will be Tim Harmston, Minnesota and Wisconsin's own Tim Harmston, lucky devil married to uh, a phenomenal woman. No question. But, yeah, a lot of great guests coming up this week, so make sure you tune in, and I'll be here today and tomorrow. And then, uh, Andy, are you are you at the helm on Thursday and Friday? I think Bob's coming in for Thursday and oh, Friday. Oh, yeah, it's Andy. Okay, let me do that. Here's a little pre a preview of Thursday and Friday shows. And then what happened is all the leftists <laughs> shut down everything. <laughs> well, yeah. Bob has gotten very political, man. It's unbelievable. <laughs> All right, so yeah, a lot of great guests coming up this week, so stay with uh, Tom Bernard Show and all the fine people on it. And I'm going to try to call in from Cuba, which is I'm looking forward to. I'm going to try calling in. Now, has anybody ever been to Cuba? You guys, Kristen, you ever been to Cuba? No. no. I have not, no. Lindsay's been there. Why She's, not? She was been oh, to, Lindsay has been, been there. to Gitmo. Oh, she has? Yeah, she Ooh. went to Gitmo mm. with a, to, to film some stuff uh, yeah, when we had a house in California. So... He's been there. It's been a rough place. I can't. Kristen, I can't believe you've never been to Cuba. You're a communist. (laughs) I would love to go there. It looks beautiful. She didn't even respond. You didn't even respond to that. I know, because why should I acknowledge you that? (laughs) (laughs) Why why should you admit that you're a communist? No, admit it. Admit it. Go to to Cuba with your people. (laughs) Exactly. Because he's so absurd. I'm like, eh. That's right. Yeah, it's Tom. Eh, whatever. Eh. Tom, whatever. Okay, so Kristen, last night, Catherine and I watched two episodes of a show on Netflix, and we watched uh, Maria by Callis. And Doc, I know you love the music. You're, you're a classical music fan. And I, I don't know if you're as big an opera fan as I am, but I, I am. Um, Maria Callas was probably the greatest singer ever born. You have Aretha Franklin in pop music, and you've got uh, Maria Callas. Look, Kiri Takanawa or Takanawa, depends on where you're from, um, phenomenal. But Maria Callas was unbelievable. Now, she was, and the movie's called uh, Maria by Callas. Because oh. she, she thought mm-hmm. the Callas part of her was something, while it was part of her, it was outside of her. That she was Maria, and then she struggled with being Callas. Which is really cool, actually. But uh, all the things she went through died at 53 years old for no reason whatsoever, basically. Uh, hearing that woman sing Omeo Babino Caro at the end of it, if you don't tear up, you have no soul or heart. I will just tell you that. Yeah. That woman could belt, belt them out, man. She, uh, she was with Aristotle Onassis for a while, and then he left her for Jackie Kennedy, and then he left Jackie Kennedy for her again. And then his son got killed in a plane crash when he was 67, and he died at 69 because I guess the last two years of his life, he just he just faded away. He couldn't stand it, the fact that his boy was killed in a plane crash, and he died at 69. But 
That's one thing you do notice. The Maria Callas dying at 53. Prince dies young. Michael Jackson dies young. We can keep going down the list because being mm-hmm. that popular and being, being that big a star around the world, it does take its toll on human beings. Wouldn't you say, say that's right, Dr. Bash? Yeah, it does. And it's not just the fame and the stress of the fame, but also the travel and the, and the you know, you're never right. in the same place all the time. You know, if you're trying to, uh, if you're a diva like she was, you know, you're, you're in one place and the next place. And then right. you're, you know, you're, yep. you're, you're working and studying and trying and rehearsing forever. And even though you have the basic skill set, it's just, I mean, Kristen, you know that do, do dancers die uh, young like that? They get beat up physically. Like unbelievable. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, a lot of dancers need hip replacements by the time they're 50. Both of them, like a double hip replacement, because it's so tough on their body. Wow. Yeah, there's no question about that. But I I just, uh, I love the movie. Look, if you're not an opera fan, you're not going to like the movie, because there's a lot of what happens when you're, and by the way, she did hold up the title of Diva very well. While I adore her, think she's one of the most talented, well, I think she's the best singer ever born. But she uh, was a snowflake. There's no doubt about that. She, uh, everybody, well, the, but I will tell you this, huge star, no doubt, but the press beat her to a pulp every time it got a chance to do so. They just did, for some reason, they just really resented her success because she was born in New York. She was not Italian. Everybody thought she was. Uh, she was not Italian. Uh, they thought she was born in Italy, born in France, born in Greece, where, but she was born in New York. And I guess the world press didn't care for the fact that the greatest singer ever was not born in Europe. They they did not like that. Yeah, they didn't want to give, you know give, I mean? give up Caruso as the, the greatest uh, tenor of all time. Right. They went that, that right. Italian. Yeah. Look, you got Pavarotti. Uh, you, you you did okay with with Luciano Pavarotti. Yeah. I was very lucky. I never got to see Maria Callas, even though she didn't die until 1978. But I was, you know, a teenager leading right up to that well i was in my mid-20s when she died but uh she didn't perform for the last five or six years of her life so you know i'd have been a teenager last time and so i had no shot yeah teenage kid from north minneapolis why don't we go down and uh, see Mar- let's go see maria callis in new york uh, at the met yeah. metropolitan <laughs> opera let's go over there yeah, she's seeing a lot so that one, let's get down there <laughs> yeah, let's get down there let's go but uh yeah phenomenal if you love opera if you love singing to hear her sing it is unbelievable. Omi Babino Caro is a song about a young woman who's singing to her father, I'm sorry, Papa, but I'm in love with another man. I still love you, but I love him. And it's just the most touching, most beautiful. Puccini wrote it. Uh, it's, it was great. I would highly recommend it if you're a music fan. And I don't care if it's rock and roll or whatever. This woman could sing. Ooh. And, is that, so, and what is that from? Is that from La Traviata? I think it is, yeah. I think I, is that right? Sounds like the I think plot. you might be right. Yeah, yeah, right, right. She she threatens to jump into the river if he doesn't release her from his heart. Uh, you know, obviously he's going to love his daughter for wow. all of his life, but if he doesn't release her to get married, she's going to jump in the river and drown. It's from Johnny yeah. Skiki. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, Johnny Skiki. Uh, that's yeah, right. That's a different. That's, that's exactly a different one. That's a different plot. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Very very cool. Now on the humor side of things. Kristen, I don't know if you've seen it or not. It's on Netflix. It's called Russian Doll. Have you seen Russian Doll? Oh, with Natasha Leone, yes. <laughs> oh, God, is she good in that. She is incredibly good she in is that show. Best. I'm she not sure is. on Orange is the New Black, and I think she's one of the most underrated actresses working in Hollywood right now. Do you remember what she said about, about her role on Orange is the New Black? She was on a talk show, and I can't Nobody remember which one, but they asked... They asked her about Orange and New Black. She goes, well, yeah, I'm kind of the go-to lesbian. (laughs) 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 Isn't that a great great comment? Um, So, yeah, uh, Russian Doll, we watched the first two episodes. And the end of the third episode, I guess, there's a big surprise. And I haven't seen that yet because we saw the first two. But even if you don't like the show, to watch her work is really – she's incredible in that show. Amazing. Very, very cool stuff. She really uh, is. Yeah, I hope it, it. I honestly hope it leads to more work for her because I do feel like we're only seeing just a sliver yep. of what she's capable of. Yeah, most people don't even know who she is. That's you know how well hidden she's been in all these years. But the premise of Russian Doll is, 
It's her 36th birthday, and she keeps dying. And every time she dies, she wakes up standing at the bathroom sink of her buddy's apartment <laughs> at her own birthday party. And there's a party and going on. It's amazing. It's Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's Groundhog Day, basically, but even a lot better, actually. I like Groundhog's Day, but she's... I mean, she is one tough broad, and I mean that with all all affection and sincerity. She's a tough woman, man. You don't want to mess with her. But, yeah, she keeps dying. In one scene, and this is not going to ruin anything for anybody because it's, it's the second episode, she falls down the stairs and dies like seven times in the last ten minutes of the show. Oh. She just keeps dying and dying and dying. And finally it, her friend goes, where are you going? I'm going to walk down the stairs, and this time I'm going to make it. I've been I've been killed like seven times on that staircase. You'd have to see it. You'll have to see it. It's really, really good. I will tell you that. Now, there's a scene in it that I have to ask you guys a question. And, you know, some people are going to go, oh, my God, what are you talking about? This is – I'm just asking a question because I don't know what what the purpose of it would be. She – all the people at the birthday party fall asleep. And – a guy wakes up, and he's 100% naked. He's totally naked, except for he has a dildo strapped to his to his waist, but the dildo points out from his butt <laughs> or his lower back, I guess. What would that be for? And now, look, you do what you do. I don't give a rat's ass what you do with your sex life. That's your business. You stay away from the kids. I'm good to go. But why would it aim out? Man, I- you know, you know what I mean? It's a strap that goes well, around his waist, and it kind of aims away from his – I don't – what would you do with that? Well, unlike Josh, who might be comfortable with uh, the, the mechanism of, of a strap-on dildo. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I really – I don't know. Is there, is there, is there another Thanks, part Dad. Is there another part of a strap-on dildo that we're not uh, comfortable with? You know, Christian, you'd know. Exactly. Of course, that would be the first thing. No, no. Is is there another another part of it? Is there something that that uh, is it a two way street? Did did I veil that sufficiently? It's a two way street when you use a dress strap on dildo. I I don't have any experience with the strap on dildo, so you got me. So so if it's pointing out his back, and then if he's on all fours, like a dog or something, then it would be pointing right, up, right. theoretically. Right, that's correct. That's exactly I mean, right. Toward the stars. Could, <laughs> imagine from there. if you go and... What about a good, like, group sex? Menage oh. a trois, well, yeah, so side four, five that people, would that would make sense. Yeah, that, that rolled, I had just never seen it before. That menage a trois rolled that? off your tongue so well, easily. It really did. That, really I mean, did. I'm very uncomfortable right now. <laughs> no, I just brought it up because I had never seen that no, before. Like, no, it makes why, no like, sense. Why would, why, why makes would you no... wear it like that? I know. I, I just but don't you know understand. what? How do you get any action you know on it? Well, I think maybe the guy who's wearing it is on top of somebody, and then a woman is on top of him, or maybe another guy's on top of him. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it works. I just never – look, once again, I'm not to trying to make fun of it or anything. I just don't understand how it would work. Maybe it didn't you know, work. The weight distribution would be weird. Maybe it was just an oddity. Maybe it got pushed, pulled around. Yeah, maybe. There's I, a point you have yeah, diminishing could, or, returns, I think. When that, uh, yes, I suppose. It gets boy, look complicated. at the time, in other words. In other words, Josh is saying, boy, look at the time. No, I, don't you think it would be a good thing to learn about uh, a gay lifestyle? If we knew more about it, then some people wouldn't be so un- – I don't – I never could care. Well, I – Look, I've been, a, I've been in, a, in radio and, and voiceover my entire life, so I've been around gay men my whole life because almost every gay man agent I've ever had – matter of fact, not almost, every one of them was gay. So I've been around them since I was 18 years old. I don't care. Never did care, actually, to tell you the truth. It's got nothing to do with me. What, what you do is your business, right? But wouldn't it be better if people did learn about that so they'd kind of understand what, what the deal is? Yeah. Well, I, Maybe I, they wouldn't be so so claustrophobic about the whole idea or yeah. whatever. Well, they fear that there's there's just, there's absolute, this absolute perversion in something that they don't do. Yeah. And it goes right, both ways right, to a certain true. extent. And, you know, you know, and maybe it isn't as... Strange as you think, but I, I wouldn't. I just, man, that's that's you know. When I thought, when I when I when you described it, I immediately thought of some sort of heterosexual kind of deal. I didn't necessarily think yeah, of a gay deal, right? <clears throat> yeah, well, that's exactly what I was thinking. But you know, 
And again, it's not, it's not, it wasn't strange to me. I just, I went, well, how would that work? I don't, I, I didn't understand the physics of the whole thing. <laughs> the physics and the That's physiology of it. The physiology, yes, exactly. That's all I'm saying. So, you know, I thought maybe you guys would know because, you know, well, Kristen, I thought you'd know because you live in Hollywood. So, you know, this is a given that you'd know. Yes. Because that is what oh, I'm speaking. doing every night. I'm not on set or interviews. Yeah, she, she's on the internet searching uh, reverse dildo, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Well, Tom, when oh, you, like it. if you come out to L.A., Kristen and I will we'll take you over to West Hollywood to the Abbey you know, and do some field research. I like it. We'll, uh, do, we'll do some field so research. Much fun. <laughs> it was the voted the, really the, fun. The, and the food's really good. Yeah, and it's voted the okay, best Okay, I have place. a big question for you. We'll come back, and then i got a, a very important question for, all, for everyone about this. Okay? So we'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Tom Bernard here. Hey, let me ask you, do you know me because you recognize my voice or my face? Good question, isn't it? Let me ask you another one. What do you think when I say priority courier experts? Do you know them because you recognize their trucks or do you know them by their name? Well, let me tell you something you might not know about my friends at Priority. 485 local drivers, 85 office staff, 37 million deliveries since 1997, and an opportunity for you to join their company. Drivers, you can join the fleet in your own vehicle or lease to own one of theirs. Or you can join the office staff and earn the most respectable pay in the business with 15 days off in your first year. Medical, dental, matching 401k, and a genuine chance for advancement. Just ask Jennifer, who started as a customer service rep and is now vice president. Over 5,000 Minnesota companies rely on priority. Because every time you call us, we deliver. Join the team today at Priority.com. That's Priority.com. Ooh, the Ted Bundy tapes. Oh, yeah. What's that all about? It's on Netflix. Apparently he's got a daughter and she's doing stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. I had no no knowledge of that. So Ted Bundy had a daughter? Rose Bundy. Yeah, when they when he was in prison in the, the Netflix special, it talks about how he he married uh, some woman. That was nineteen eighty to nineteen eighty six. They were married. I'm guessing eighty six is when Bundy died or something. Yeah, it was. They took him deep. Ah, uh, well, so yeah, they got married in nineteen eighty. So this Carol Ann Boone apparently married. She believed he was innocent. I'm sure she did. Uh, of course he is. Of course he's innocent. Mm-hmm. But now we all know who she is, don't we? Oh, wait. She divorced him. Oh, she divorced him three years before his execution. So oh, wow. I guess she got tired of the absentee prisoner husband life. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> now, did he get the chair? Kristen, did he get the chair, do you know? I believe so. I believe I it was I... the electric chair because I don't think... I don't think it was injection, was it? I don't think they were doing I that yet. No, it was in Florida. Yeah. It was old Sparky. Probably. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was old yeah. Sparky? The kilowatt couch. The kilowatt couch. You guys, my, how about this? You know the sorority where he went and killed all of those um, women? Yes. The co- at uni- yes. uh, Florida oh, State. Yeah. My niece just joined that sorority. Um, oh. And they still wait, wait, hold your horses. They still live in that house. Oh. They never tore it down. Oh, man. oh God! And I told my niece, I'm like, you are nuts. She's moving into the house next year. She's living off campus right now. But I'm like, you are really? nuts. I was like, there's too much bad energy there, and I can't believe people allowed this structure to stay standing. I'm like, tear it down, build something right. new, build a park, whatever it is. But well, that is so creepy to me. Pretty much anyone yeah. younger than me. Ted Bundy is long enough ago that it doesn't even. It's like it's like hearing that oh, you know Jack the Ripper lived in State. your house. You, so you got to remember: a, this is Florida State. Everybody knows it happened. Whether you're 19 or whether you know you went there 15 years ago. On top of that, Zac Efron has the Ted Bundy movie coming out. 
they are already expecting in the next year a ton of new eyeballs on their sorority and on the campus. They're already prepping the girls for it. Oh, there you go. Why? Well, yeah, people, they that know it sense. happened. They just don't care because it was so long ago. No, no, why are we making movies about the serial killers? Money. What, what, what is, why are we doing this? Why is, why is there, why are we doing this? Isn't there any responsibility in uh, movies uh, to maybe, you know, and, uh, maybe this money is a little bit too dirty even for us? Yeah, sense. Uh, well, it's like we did yeah. the Gianni Versace murders. We just did, uh, yeah. you know, a whole American crime story right. on that. We are glorifying right. a lot of these serial killers. We did it with the O.G. Simpson. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Same thing. He was innocent, though. <laughs> but he yeah, didn't right. do it, so <laughs> he was fine. Okay, Listen, Robert Kardashian, <laughs> Robert Kardashian would never help a murderer. Because they're such a fine family, um, I do know that that he was he was given the electric chair. And the reason I know that is I just remembered that Craig Schumacher and I wrote the first bit for the KQ Morning Show because I started in April of 1986, and it was "Hang Down Your Head, Ted Bundy," and then one of the lines in the song was "Fried him like a big bull." <laughs> oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he he got the chair because we we did a song about him getting the chair, and then we kind of added a zit. We added that <laughs> no, at the end of it too. The first the first execution in America was in Utah, and that was and I forget the name of the guy. Or do you remember? Was it hanging? No. Well, he had a choice. He had a choice. Oh, the firing squad. You could either firing squad or hanging. He picked the firing squad, and they did that autopsy at the University of Utah after he was executed. And, and I, you were there? And I, well, I was in medical school there at the mm. time. Yeah, and who was I that? Oh, man, I can't remember. Gary. Gary Mark Gilmore. Gary. Gary Gilmore. There you go. That's exactly right. Yeah. Gary Gilmore. And actually, he asked to be executed. He confessed and said, get it over with. Man. That's what happens when I watch some TV series now. Just go ahead and execute. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Just honest to God. Kristen, let me ask you a question about that. I watch um, I watch some broadcast television series still, not many, but I watch a few. And, and it turns out, and I didn't even really pay attention to this, but the ones I watch are pretty much all crime stories like, you know, Criminal Minds and Chicago PD. And I like cop shows, you know, FBI, that kind of stuff. Um, the, what appeals to people about broadcast television? Because I look at the guide every night and I go, who would watch this? Mm. You know? I don't know because I don't watch broadcast television unless it's like an award show, a big sports event, the Olympics, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Otherwise, yep. I am honestly on Netflix. Last night, I started watching uh, Lorena Bobbitt. Actually, there's a documentary on Amazon Prime about right. Lorena Bobbitt. Yep. And I started watching that. Yep. Um, I'm just my interests are elsewhere right now, honestly. Okay, well, don't make me tell that joke again because I've already told it on the show about three times. But I will tell the joke again if you want me to. <laughs> of course, you got to. Do it. We're starting yeah, to laugh it. about it. <laughs> Lorena Bobbitt lops off her husband's penis. It's a true story. She actually did that. And then she took his penis with her and drove away and she threw it out of the car. Now, they said it ended up in a ditch, but that's not what I heard. What I heard was there was a family of four mom and dad. And a little girl and a little boy in the back seat. So she throws the penis out the window and hits the windshield of the uh, car behind her with the family. And dad panics and just hits the you know, wipers and wipes it off the, the, uh, the windshield. And a little girl goes, hey, dad, what was that? And dad says, oh, don't worry about it. It was just a bug. And the little boy goes, my God, that bug had a big penis. <laughs> One of the greatest jokes of all time. Oh, that is. I know. Did you see the penis on that? You guys, <laughs> we could not what? stop laughing last night in the Lorena Bobbitt uh, documentary. It's so awkward. I don't know what it is about a woman lopping off a penis, but um, they show you the photo of it, by the way. Oh. And wait, well, they wait, do. wait, it gets more funnier. So they do. They oh. show it. And on top of it, they um, are talking about all of the emergency uh, services, like uh you know, there were firemen looking for it. There were police officers looking right, for it. Right, right. So like the sergeant stepped on it. Wait, he stepped on it. That's how they discovered he it. He did? by 7-Eleven. He slipped <laughs> off. Wait. Wait. Whoops. And they got and wait, yeah. and wait. One of his officers said he wouldn't pick it up because he was very religious. The sergeant was very religious and refused to pick it up. So 
someone else finally volunteered to pick it up. And I was like, how does your religion, like, make you not want to pick up a cut-off penis? Because when does anyone yeah. else encounter a cut-off penis? Um, but I always think about... We were just dying of laughter. And, and you're watching all these reporters saying, his severed penis, and they're all trying to keep a straight face. And it's a horrible story because it is a false spousal rape and spousal, spousal abuse and then a cut-off penis. Right. And everyone... <laughs> losing it it's all like you're 10 years old and the word penis is driving you crazy i i look I, i'm looking i'm seeing the scene in caddyshack when they've drained the pool and bill yeah. murray's down there in the hazmat suit picking up the penis it's just, oh it's not so bad it's a baby ruth or something wasn't it? No, it was a baby ruth you take a bite out of the duty and he took a bite out of it exactly oh, i you remember the movie it was it um the beginning of well, it was a Mel Brooks movie in which Mel grabbed a um, people think it was the Ten Commandments, but a, uh, it was the Fifteen Commandments. <laughs> and when Mel, when Mel was coming down the mountain, he dropped one of the tablets. He went the Fifteen crash the Ten Commandments from God. So maybe numbers eleven through fifteen were all about not to picking up penises. It maybe, might have been. Maybe those are the Lost Commandments. I don't know. Wait, and the nurse who worked on the surgery, because he had to have microsurgery, obviously, to reattach his penis. She said that sure. all the men, like all the police officers that were watching the operating room and, you know, guarding every, his hospital room, they all sat there with, like, their crotches, like, covered with their hands and their legs crossed. Like, everyone was psychologically affected by this. That, that, when well, you, I could see that. I've done a little bit of that surgery a long time ago. Not not replantation of penises, but the surgery uh, to resurface penises and stuff like that. And that's exactly how I always felt. Just, oh, man. Oh, what did you do to get this? Okay, I'm going to do that kind of stuff. I, so, just, I want you to do me a favor. And this is for Doc and Josh and Andy and Kristen, everybody involved. If I ever get to the age where I have to hand pump it up, just take me deep. Just take me out. If I got to do the squish, 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 the little bulb that you get, no, just, uh, just take me out. That's now, all I'm saying. Now they just got the blue pill. You take the blue pill and there's lead in your pencil. You draw a sword right after that. Oh, that. But wouldn't there be a sensitivity problem there if you have to if you have to take a pill? Isn't there nope. a sensitivity problem? Nope. It no, just really? It just changes the the dynamics of the blood flow. And uh, oh, the okay. the uh, turgid uh, the turgid effect turgid. is. <laughs> I want to veil. I'm trying to veil this. I'm trying to be professional. The turgid effect like is, is designed like on just how the blood flows or doesn't flow out of the penis, and that's the whole thing. Is that if you oh, okay. if you take okay. these pills and you and you 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 have an erection for more than four hours, that means that blood may not be coming out of. That's why you got to go in and get a drain. Ooh. Get a drain. Yeah, because you get a priapism. Be that's yep. a priapism, and if you don't get a drain, it clots in there. And then you are mm. then you're pumping your one testicle to get it to load up because you can't. Uh, oh. You've ruined the anatomy. Yeah, oh. yeah. There is no God. I just realized that no God would make that happen. There is no God. <laughs> that's right. well, that's all I'm saying. Well, well, that's that's. I've always you know I always I've always pictured uh, uh, the deity as someone that looks like me. But then I got to thinking, well, what if it's what if it's what if it's a black lesbian woman? You know, and you have to, yeah, you know, what, what if? So, you know, Absolutely maybe, maybe, be. maybe that is the curse. Who knows? Possibility. Who knows? Possibility. No, no problem with that. Kristen, aren't you comfortable today? Oh, my God. We have really hit every topic. <laughs> <laughs> we really? Well, you brought up Ted Bundy. It's your fault. So, you know. I didn't bring up it's, Ted Bundy. I brought up Lorena Bobbitt. Oh, Lorena Bobbitt. That's right. Yeah, it was Lorena Bobbitt. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. Have you ever noticed, Kristen, that it's always men that have problems? Women hardly ever do. Do you notice that? No, I mean, talk about physically. Yeah. Well, you guys don't like to go to the doctor, and married men live longer if uh, because their wives will encourage them to go to the doctor. Single men will be like, "Eh, I don't feel like it. That's true. You're absolutely right about that. But in any case, it all works out in the end. That's all I have to say. So. Um, So I I do want to go back a couple of minutes ago. You said so you don't watch any broadcast television. Very little, unless it's a, a special live event. Grammys, oh, Oscars, Olympics, that kind of thing. And you, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to ask you how old you are, but, but there, from what I understand, broadcast television still goes after the 18 to 49 demo, but nobody under 40 watches television. Do you think that's true? No, no I mean, I know 
they definitely true. And because my show that I do for Dance Network, my target demo is about eighteen to twenty four. They're watching. Right. They're consuming everything on the internet. Hundred percent. Well, hundred percent. That's what I heard. A lot of our viewers. Yeah, and a lot of our viewers are not even using a laptop to view this. They're using their mobile device. Yeah, yeah. right. That's exactly right. Yeah. No question about that. Well, when are we going to talk, start bringing this show up? What's, whoa, whoa, whoa. When's this show? When do we see this? How do we see this? Which show? <laughs> the show that she's, oh, she's, she's got the show? dance show. <laughs> she's been doing it forever. If anyone's interested, I know if anyone's interested in World of Dance, Dancing with the Stars, so you think you can dance, I do it every Tuesdays live at... 3 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, you can see it at dancenetwork.tv. Cool. Dancenetwork.tv, and it's And it's all your favorite stars <laughs> from all the broadcast shows. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Do they know you stab them in the back and don't watch their shows? Do they know that? I do watch their shows because I'm backstage. I go to the set to, to watch them. Oh, okay, well, good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. What yeah. do you think? No, mm-hmm. look, that has to do with with newspapers because I'm I'm told that nobody under the age of 55 reads a, a physical newspaper. Like nobody. I don't. You, I don't. I don't. I used to get. I, I remember I used to get yeah. like L.A. Times on Sundays, but I got rid of that probably 15 years ago. It just became a point. I'm like, why do I need all this paper when I can just click on Google and Yahoo and right away the story that I need to read is right there in front of me. Right. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about, and we only have about a minute left, but I wanted to ask you, when it comes to newspapers, people I'm assuming still hop on the Internet and read their their digital copy of the newspaper. Maybe they don't, but for local news, I I would assume you do. Uh, Television, I I don't know what the situation is there, and radio is the same way. I just am wondering how they find an how they find people to tell you what they're viewing or listening to, because I don't know, Andy, and maybe, you know, you and Josh are the ones to answer this. I don't know of any guys for certain under the age of about 40 that would, would allow somebody to put a meter in their house or put, what are they? Well, the television thing's not called a meter. Where is it a meter? Yeah. Nielsen comes and puts a thing on your TV, right? Well, you have to watch TV to be able to get that. I mean, we, I'm with two roommates and we, cut the cord probably three years yeah, ago there you go. we get no newspapers there you go. no magazines yep. nothing so i mean who knows i mean netflix you know they track kind of what you watch but as far as broadcast we wouldn't even right. be able to track us so how could it possibly be accurate that, that's always been my question exactly. as far as as far as you know newspapers you know if they order the physical paper you have proof they ordered the physical paper but radio and television how would you ever prove those numbers are even close to accurate you're you're right. I don't think they've ever been completely accurate because uh, no, no, some families write down what they watch. Other families have a mm-hmm. device in their house. And then they're right. also tracking uh, streaming on demand and DVR. So that is right. the plus seven that they talk about a lot. All right, sister, it's time for you to go. Your hour goes by way too quickly. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Well, it does. You're not every, like, oh, every... it drags when you're on. Oh, God, Kristen's on again. Damn it. No, it's not like that at all. Uh. Oh, you close with my favorite thing, that little boy. And I've been talking about this for the last seven days. But that little six-year-old, five-year-old, four-year-old boy, when his sister tries to tell him that goldfish crackers are cookies, he's like five years old. He goes, (laughs) not a cookie. (laughs) It's phenomenal. It's very, very funny. It's a cracker. Not a cookie. It's a cracker. (laughs) Not a cookie. All right, young lady, always great. We will talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks a lot. We'll be back. Don Bernard Show.